is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Breaking news. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll jump out right to Bowler, but we've got the initial college football playoff rankings, and the BYU Cougars come in at number 14, Gordon. So not viewing the Cougs like the AP and the coaches poll at number 14. Let's jump out to the zone poll, uh, the zone phone, and let's uh, let's get the man his, himself his uh, initial reaction. The television voice of the Utah Jazz, but of course a voice in uh, in college football and the college football landscape for a long, long time. He is Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler 14. That seems low. Ooh, I'm I'm a little surprised, but you know what? I mean, I'll be anxious to see what <clears throat> both your in-depth thoughts are, but. I think it goes back to how the voters and how it all works out is the swag that your opponent carries during the course of a season. And, you know, no fault of BYU. They had to play who they had to play. But they've dominated, obviously, multiple teams along the way. The Houston win and obviously Navy to start this season, uh, you know, was a dominant on each side. I mean, they've dominated everyone they've played. And Zach's had a a year to remember, but again, it always comes down to show me strength of schedule, who you actually played, and the difficulty in doing so. I know Cougar fans aren't going to like it, but it's kind of the way that uh, it works. Uh, 84 was a long time ago, and it, a lot of things have changed uh, since then. And even though they're ranked eighth in, in the polls, uh, the playoff uh, poll is. Uh, Obviously, carries a pretty big stick. Man, I thought that BYU fans were going to be disappointed with uh, with the uh, uh, with the results today, but Bowler, that's worse than I thought it was going to be. Me too. It, it really is, and uh, that uh, that does not bode well. This this would be a shame if this team couldn't get a New Year's Six game. Um, they, well, they have to add. They have to add a quality opponent to their schedule in order to get that opportunity. Otherwise, they're going to be playing in the the Independence Bowl or something like the, the Weed Eater Bowl or something crazy like that. Uh, or going back to Hawaii. I mean. That bowl got canceled, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Very, very, yes, you are correct. Well, but, I don't yeah. know if it got canceled or if it got moved. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but you know what, what I'm saying. Yep, yep. No, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, the eighth spot in the polls, impressive. Uh, coaches, I think, uh, obviously the respect of what uh, Kalani's been able to do in the play of Zach Wilson and that defense. But uh, not when it comes down to, uh, you know, uh, championship playoff football. David James made an interesting point. Cincinnati is ranked seventh, and on Twitter, DJ just brought that up, brought this up. Says, not sure why the Bearcats will want to play the Cougars. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's true. You yeah, know, and why why would Cincinnati be that high? Is there is there something I'm missing in their schedule that uh, uh, have they looked appreciably better than BYU this year? You know, as you're speaking, I'm going to actually look that up because that is the most intriguing uh, part of all this is I always like to look at schedules. And, um, you know, 
that's, you know, where all the talk always is. So Cincinnati, you know, Jake, you're probably faster than I am, but I'm popping it up. Yeah, (laughs) popping it up here. Okay, so they've started, you know, with an incredible season. Um, Austin Pay P is a 55-point performance. They beat Army, South Florida, Tulsa, SMU, Memphis, Houston, East Carolina, and uh, UCF. And I'm looking, as you are probably now, Jake, they've dominated, by the way. Um, their lowest score has been 24 in a kind of a ground battle against Army in Week 2. And then they got South Florida 28-7. And after that, they've just pounded opponents. Uh, SMU, Memphis, Houston, they beat East Carolina. Again, not not a home, um, you know, you don't talk about East Carolina a lot in, in your home when you're talking college football. UCF has had uh, a few years of high-level football, and that was a close, that's the closest game of the year, 36-33, yeah. which is a win. Yeah, that's their. That's probably their best win, or is certainly the best team they played, and they didn't beat them by a lot, but they beat them. They also, uh, what they have left is at Temple and then at Tulsa, who's currently ranked 24th in the country. So they do have right. a, a top 25 team left to go on the on the schedule. But uh, that surprises me. Uh, seven. Yeah. that seems really and, high. And Jake, if you want to just compare, you know what people are looking at. I, I you know, you, they postponed the Army game in week two, but they beat Navy. 55-3, then Troy, and then uh, La Tech, Louisiana Tech, U- uh, University of Texas, San Antonio with a seven-point uh, win, then Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky. You know, Boise State still, um, you know, they were ranked 21 at the time, or if that's not I'm trying to see here. Yeah, that was a 51-17 to win. And then last week, I mean, that was almost embarrassing <laughs> to watch them roll up 66 on North Alabama. So uh, that's the way it kind of looks. Now, look, the Houston win uh, and the Navy win, it wasn't a Ken Niamatololo type of season. But, you know, it was at Navy, um, but they put 55 on the board. And that was really the start of Zach Wilson's year right there. I'll tell you, Jake, you've never been more right than what you said about the people who make these decisions. Yeah, they're going to squeeze them out. They don't want to include them. Yeah, they, I, I think you're right. 14. Well, does this go back to the conversation that we've talked about for years that you get lost in independence? Is it about conference, power five? Yes. Is it, you know, you've got an ESPN contract, but okay. Is it enough when you're on ESPN three, the Ocho basically last week? <laughs> you know, and I think, again, it's just a great discussion of where this program needs to be. And, you know, it's a talented group. But then again, those who are against that conversation would say, well, tell me, tell me who they played. And that argument is difficult. There's a couple of good wins. But again, though, you're playing lesser opponents, but you're beating them in, in, a, in a, you know, like a, a third squad scrimmage, right? I mean, that's what it looks like to me, the varsity playing the sophomores. And uh, that's what it, what it comes down to. You know, I still wish for me because, you know, I called 10 years of BYU football at the height right after the 84 championship and De- Detmer's run to the Heisman. There was, you know, it, it was incredible because, again, they, they played in a conference, the old whack in the Mountain West. 
but there was so much rivalry there. Fisher to Barry and Air Force, they were good. San Diego State was a shootout. ESPN couldn't wait to broadcast that game. It was one of their primetime games every year, right? Marshall Falcon Company, I'm going back in time, but look, th- those were big-time games that that a young ESPN network you know, loved to broadcast. And I don't know if this will do force the hand of Tom Homo, but I'm not I'm not sure even what the church thinks in the sense of that's been a discussion, uh, Jake and Gordon for years. Um, is it that important to them? They've been competitive. They're in the limelight now. They're in the discussion of being left out of the playoff scenario, and you know really what's the end game? Uh, that's always been the conversation, and I don't think it's going to change. Well, if they had been undefeated against their original schedule, they would be ranked in the top ten in this poll. Oh, the I well, the original that. was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. But you know, look, I give them credit for putting together to even get on the field, you know, and playing whoever whomever was available to fill the slot. But I think the question will always will be with this season is what if that season that that particular schedule, Jake and, and Gordo had actually been played. Would the same result, and would Zach be having a Heisman type number year? Right. Well, if they and were undefe- Bowler, if they were undefeated and they beat all those teams, I think the pressure would be so great that they would have to include them with a top ranking, not, not the top, but they'd have to be. If they'd gone undefeated against that schedule, they'd have to be in the top six. Oh, they? Gordon, they're uh, they're eight now in the country. They'd have to be top four. But I mean, in the in the play in the CFP right, poll that right. came out today. But even in the AP and the coaches polls, I'm still saying they'd be a top four if they're undefeated at this point in time with yeah. the original schedule. Holy yeah. cow! And if Zach's putting up those numbers, you got you got an incredible conversation of uh, BYU football going on. But again, um, independence seems to let you float in the boat. You know, Jake. I mean, it's kind of the way you have to feel right now if you're a Cougar fan. All right, Bowler, we do have some basketball to talk with you, but but real quick before we leave the college football playoff poll behind, uh, here's your top five. Alabama, uh, one. Notre Dame, two. Clemson, three. Ohio State, four. Texas A&M, five. Florida, six. We mentioned Cincinnati at seven. Northwestern, how about that, at eight. Georgia, wow. nine. Miami, ten. Uh, Oklahoma, eleven. Indiana, twelve. Iowa State, thirteen. We mentioned BYU at fourteen. And then we get to Oregon. Mm. Uh, first Pac-12 team is at fifteen. Uh, just some others of interest, uh, USC uh, at uh, 18, Coastal Carolina at 20. So uh, there's mm. another undefeated team. Who did you say was 13, Jay? Uh, 13 <laughs> was Iowa State. Yeah, and I think they, beat a, they shut out a K-State team, Gordo. Yeah. Thanks, pal. Yeah, <laughs> I know where you're going. 35 nothing. They look good, by the way. That's a good football team, yeah. Iowa State. Uh, but how about the Pac-12, too? I mean, it's been a season of uh, basically hell, and I really thought Larry Scott had a plan, but it didn't really work out the way I think people thought. COVID, uh, testing, and uh, oh, just been, it, you know, it's a year. It's hard to really put a focus on <clears throat> this season because it's been so, what would you call it, guys? It's been segmented or dissected with, with illness and you know schedule schedules that have had who've had to been redone, it just doesn't have the same feel as it did a year ago. And I and you know what, there's no wonderment in that, right? We all know what it's been like, so it is what it is. 
Uh, Bowler, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, since we talked to you last Tuesday, I think a lot has happened. Uh, Jordan's coming <laughs> yeah. back. Favors is coming back. They yeah. they max out Donovan, give him as much money as possible. Give us your thoughts on uh, the offseason thus far. Well, it's kind of gone as planned, right? Um, you know, as a bookie, maybe it was a bit of a surprise to me. Again, we always talk about wings, that we talk about the big kind of losing its way, their way in the, in the NBA. Uh, but the Jazz moved two bigs in Tony Bradley and Ed Davis, so you, you put another one in Azabuki there. Um, he's a big man, fills the paint. Uh, people like his feet. Uh, again, I haven't seen much of him. I've looked at video like most people, and uh, seems to be a guy that you know, people have respect for. But, um, again, basketball shape, NBA shape, that's going to have to be an issue. Um, you know, Elijah, to me, I think Bayheim, you know, when he was on PK and DJ, I mean, he, you know, raves about this young man, led the ACC in scoring, but yet he's a four-year guy. It kind of reminds me of Wes Matthews back in the day when he played four years at Marquette. And a lot of teams, Jake and Gordo, I mean, they kind of stiff-arm a player after his 19th birthday or his second year in college, right? Because it must be damaged goods. He just doesn't have what it takes to make it in the NBA. Uh, the Jazz think differently, and Beheim believes he may be, uh, a, a, will be a player that can give the Jazz, you know, minutes right off the bat. So uh, that's intriguing. I mean, they find Royce O'Neal. The Jazz teams, like San Antonio, you have to find in the draft every other year that player that can still fill a roster spot and give you hope with a punch or two. You know, he may develop into a Royce O'Neal. Royce still trying to be more consistent from, you know, the three-point line. But still, when it gets hot, he's, um, you know, been impressive and a, and a shutdown wing defender, struggled a bit in the bubble. But still, look what you found at Baylor. I mean, that's that's pretty good development. And that's what the Jazz, you know, stacked their hat. Uh, they, they like to develop young players. And I think this is just another example. Uh, Donovan, uh, congratulations. Rudy. I'm not sure what those monies will be, but he's going to be well-paid. And then Jordan Clarkson, again, congratulations. Um, Well-deserved leader of that second unit. Can start if he has to. Uh, Doesn't uh, shy away from a shot. And really kind of saved the season in some regards in my book. uh, Coming in off the the trade with Dante. And listening to Jazz is one of the worst. I think they were ranked 29th at the time, Jake. And Gordon, uh, in bench scoring and bench production, he comes in, gets the green light, and uh, I tell you, he electrified that second team. So, Bowler, what do you think they need to do yet? And and I'm not expecting any big move or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but can they shore up their perimeter defense with what they have? I asked Jake that question earlier, and he said he didn't think so. Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, you get guys back in camp next week, and, you know, um, what did you really – did you improve with the second unit? Um, you know, does Mieoni, uh have an impact, Jake and Gordon? Uh, I think they, they're intrigued by him. Um, you know, uh, I saw him play uh, many times in practice, and he's really a brute, in my opinion in the sense of defense and, you know, staying on his spot and defending uh, opponents. So we'll see where, how far he's come. And then, um, you know, I, I still, the favors, 
it's great to have an old friend back, right? Uh, he's 29. Uh, he's got great hands. He can rebound. He can pick and roll to the rim. He can still step out and hit a 15-footer. He's not a three-point shooter. Locke and I talked about this yesterday. I didn't realize, you know, last year they tried to spread the floor, make him a three-point shooter, and either, either you have it or you don't. I believe he shot 22% uh, and did not play that well in the bubble. But um, I think he's going to fit the system. He knows it, and he's going to love the locker room, and they love him. And the fans will go crazy uh, once they get a chance to, uh, you know, welcome him back. So, you know, we're going to see him. Uh, could be a smaller lineup when Rudy's off the floor. Uh, they could speed up, you know, the play. But, you know, to talk about shutting it down on defense, I'm not real sure. Um, from what I see, we still see many of the same players. Um, and I'm not sure if the Jazz have enough money once they take care of Gobert, if they're going to use um, any type of, you know, exceptions to pull in another player. There are some guys out there probably looking for a deal and maybe the jazz are holding off just to, to make something happen, but another shutdown wing defender. And again, Jake and Gordon, you know, this league is all about the three and anybody you can get to give you some defense and, and can be a consistent threat from outside only helps spread the floor and lets Donovan even become a more dangerous player. Bowler, before we let you go, uh, I, I did want to mention this as well. Uh, Hartfeld, thanks uh, for your contribution to the draft show. I, you know, Austin and I were talking about it in Lloyd, and it just went so smoothly, and it, it felt like we had a bunch of different voices out there. Oh. And just want to say thanks. Thought you were great. We appreciate oh, your work. Oh man, it was it was great. It was fun. Um, you know, and we'll anytime. I mean, it was uh, an interesting draft. A lot of kind of no names after about what were we Jake about it an hour in and, and you're just kind of doing your homework on some players that we haven't had a chance to see much, but um, you know, I'm anxious to see this new class come in and I bet you there'll be some surprises and there's always a few disappointments, but um, I'm not sure how uh, ball will do, but we'll wait and see. And then how about Hayward uh, in, in Charlotte? Um, and that's, I, I know you got to go, but I just find it so odd that when Dennis let him, go out and test the free agent market that it was Charlotte and the jazz of course uh, came back and, and paid him what the Hornets had offered. But here he is uh, signing a deal with Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. It's weird how things kind of go full circle. I'm not sure how that's going to play out down there, uh, but I know jazz fans will, will follow that for sure. Thanks, Bowler. Happy Thanksgiving, and, and please hey, pass, you guys too. pass that yeah, along Bowler. to the family. Yes, hey, be safe. I know Gordon's going right home to start cooking the turkey, so uh, yeah. you know I'm doing the prep work. It's a week-long process. Yeah. No, I know it is, though. Yeah. Sure it is. Thanks, yeah. Bowler. Talk to you soon. <laughs> That's the great Craig Bowler, Jack, with us every single Tuesday here on 97.5 and, uh, and 1280 The Zone. You know, it strikes me, uh, Jake, that would Cincinnati be <sighs> – be motivated to play BYU if it wanted to try and make a push into the playoff rather than just a New Year's Six. Let's discuss it coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, We're talking about the college football playoff rankings, newly released. BYU at 14. We'll give you our thoughts coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lone Street, that heartbreak hotel. We've been 
committed to playing football. And so I just want to remind everyone that, that we have been that way from the very beginning. We didn't, when things were looking pretty bleak for a lot of teams to play, we stuck within our, our, our leadership and administration. Everybody stuck with it. So, you know, if, if that does happen, then, then get, get a hold of them because we want to play games as many as possible. But my main point is just reminding everyone that we were in this from the very beginning. And so if there's a way that we can get more games, then great. But you probably assume that we want to play more football because that's, that's what we committed to doing from the very beginning when nobody else was doing it. I couldn't define what good news would be, you know, because in a lot of ways, I, I don't, if it's, if it's not um, what our kids expect, then to me, that just makes you a little bit more inside and, and grows that chip a little bit and helps you kind of lock in and focus if this is really what you want to do. So in some ways, I, I'm good with things that aren't exactly the way everybody wants them because we still got a ways to go and there's nothing that can motivate you and make you hungrier than when you, you know, think you deserve something and you're not getting it. Kalani Sataki right there and Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle. Welcome on back. College football playoff committee rankings are out. BYU comes in at number 14. Uh, Let me read these quotes, Gordon, and then I'll turn you loose. Uh, Iowa AD slash committee chairman uh, Gary Barta said uh, on BYU, quote, the committee is very impressed with BYU. Zach Wilson is a Heisman candidate, but certainly schedule compared to teams around them came into play. And then he went on to suggest that uh, they beat a shorthanded Boise State team. Gordon, your thoughts? Uh, I'm not sure that uh, the shorthanded Boise State team without its quarterback was – uh, the reason that BYU was able to score almost at will in that game. You know, I just think that's kind of a bogus thing to say. Um, especially when the committee is, is – the committee had Iowa State 13, one, one slot ahead of BYU. Right? Uh-huh. That team has two losses, including to uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. And that happened uh, – at Iowa State, so I don't know. I mean, college football's always been goofed up, and I'm not even saying. I mean, I understand the argument against BYU's schedule, but don't take away that boys. Don't take away credit for that Boise State win. I mean, that that's that that was BYU being far superior, and uh, so I don't like that response. But the schedule is what it is, and it's weak. I mean, BYU fans, everybody has to be able to see that for what it is. So is Cincinnati, but they have to, which putting Cincinnati at seven is crazy to me because I believe in the, in the you know, difficulty of competition playing into a factor. I, I believe in that. But you put Cincinnati at seven, you know, they have one or two good wins and their schedule's a little bit better than BYU's. And, and they come in at seven. It's because they have to include Cincinnati. So make them look definitively better than BYU. So it's not a horse race. So that people like us will stop talking about it. Yeah. So they find think, a reason think... to, to put BYU low. And since there's no exact science to this ranking other than a, a group of uh, random people in a, in, a, in a room who have competing interests, by the way, that don't ha- align with BYU's interests. So why are we surprised when, oh, BYU at 14 – and Cincinnati at seven is just as ludicrous, in my opinion. 
Well, I'm going off of the eye test this year. BYU has looked really, really good. And, I, I and you know, I've said it more than anybody that uh, their schedule is weak. I get that. But they pieced together what they could because of the COVID situation. And uh, they pass the eye test. When you watch them play, you watch the way they dominate these opponents. Um, I'm not sure that giving a team that has lost, uh, has two losses, including one to the Raging Cajuns, uh, should be given favor over what BYU has done this year. But that's what it did. And, Jake, you were right all along. You were right. You nailed this from the beginning. You said exactly what you just said a minute ago, two weeks ago. And you were right then and you're right now. So, I mean, what are you going to do with it? I mean, this is a political process. And any time you get the politics involved, like you said, with competing interests, uh, I'm not sure how you're ever going to get it exactly proper. And uh, BYU might be able to hope that Cincinnati would be willing to play them if uh, if Cincinnati has designs on wants to go to a playoff situation. Uh, if it's happy with a New Year's Six, then maybe it doesn't need to play BYU. But if it wants to move up, maybe it would be willing to because BYU's scheduling situation is more flexible than just about any other potential opponent. So that's the way I view it. Well, I hope I hope it happens. I don't think Cincinnati has a ton of motivation as far as the college football playoff to do it. Uh, I, they're not including Cincinnati in the college football playoff. I mean, they, they <laughs> for will, the same reason. For the same reason, yeah, they'll magically yeah. jump some other team above them just to do it because they don't want they don't want Cincinnati in there either. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe Cincinnati does that, but uh, they're uh, frankly their New Year's Six position is is locked up. So my nightmare uh, scenario for BYU could very well come to come to pass. I'd almost call it likely at this point, but yeah, I, but that that's they, what I've been that saying they, all along. They won't add another opponent that will give them more credibility, and they won't make a New Year's Six bowl game. Well, here's so what they'll, they'll do. They'll Gordon. end up in some lesser bowl somewhere playing some opponent that's a decent opponent, but nothing special. And uh, even if they win the, that game and they beat San Diego State, then everyone will call into question how good that team really was, and that team will not have the opportunity to prove it. Nope, but we've seen that. Like I said, we've seen that story before, and we have found a way to recognize some teams even when they don't go up against great competition. I, I just find it. I mean, I find it unfortunate for BYU. I've said this uh, a number of times. They've they've got their best team in years, and uh, you know the worldly circumstances are working against them, and they've got the system that was designed to keep them out. So, I mean, that that pretty much sucks all the way around for yeah. for BYU and their fans. But I mean, the the system. You know, these conferences are, are not going to willingly uh, share more money with somebody that they don't have to. So BYU essentially is screwed because they can't get it. They, they, they can't get to a P5 conference. They can't get admission into it and they can't uh, and they can't be included otherwise. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. Well, it's, a, it's unfortunate, certainly if you're a BYU fan, that's for sure. Yeah. It would have been interesting if BYU had been able to play their original schedule and if they were undefeated right now, what would what would have happened today? Well, that's the thing. To, to get included, they're going to have to kick in the door. I mean, and it was the same way with the BCS when Utah did it with that 014 that we never thought was tested. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got to you've got to make them so they cannot say no. And maybe um, 
you know, the original schedule would have done that. Part of me is still skeptical, but that would certainly be an, an eye-grabbing feat. It certainly would have been. But but you have to give them no excuse to to leave you out because yeah. this schedule is their excuse. In my it opinion, is. they could they could beat Washington this week and the committee would move them up a spot and be like, well, you know, they've still only played Washington. And, and BYU was, or excuse me, Boise State was still shorthanded. So, you know, let, let's throw to Kalani. He's on ESPN right now reacting. Well, it wasn't because we were scared, that's for sure. You know, uh, it was because things didn't work out. We practiced yesterday. We were ready for this game. Nobody was more frustrated and disappointed than our players and our, and our coaches. And so we were looking forward to this game. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but I respect Washington. I respect that the Pac-12 conference. They have to make decisions that's best for them. We have to make decisions that are best for us. Uh, we've been committed to playing football from the very beginning. We've asked, you know, our, our original schedule, we were excited to play football with the with a depth and the type of team that we have. And, uh, you know, it, it, it got disrupted. And I'm thankful that we were able to get nine games in. Kalani, you know the reality of the situation. I mean, people talk about the committee and the Power Five. You know, you're not a group of five. You are an independent school. It, it still feels like you're on the outside looking in before the season even starts. You played the game. You know how BYU or Utah before they joined the Pac-12 and Boise State and UCF, how they're viewed. How good is this football team with a quarterback that you have the physicality at the line of scrimmage on both sides, the experience. How good? You know football really well. How good is this team? I think we're a really good team. You know, I, I understand the position that the, the committee is in. It's a difficult year. It's hard to, to, to determine a, a team that's played nine games to a team that's played three. And, and I don't envy their position. I just, I'm going to fight for our boys. I believe in our team. I believe in our depth. Uh, from the very beginning going into this season, we were really excited about the depth on this team. Uh, we've been stricken with COVID as well. We just, uh, we don't talk about it. You don't see that we've been, we've had to deal with depth in a lot of different position groups and uh, we just play football without missing a beat. And we play great complimentary football, whether it's on offense, defense, or special teams, we do a great job. And then I, I, I understand there's a lot of great teams out there, but man, I, I think we're an exciting bunch to watch. All right. There's Kalani Sitake. We pull out of that. That's from the college football playoff show. Uh, on ESPN right now. Kalani himself is going to have media availability uh, at 6 o'clock, and we're going to carry all of that uh, live. Uh, so stay tuned. That'll be on the big show coming up uh, somewhere near the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Gordon, you and I both know Kalani a little bit. He that That's uh, angry, Kalani. Yeah, he, he's yes. pretty fired up. Yeah, that's He's it. pretty fired up, and I understand why. 14 is too low uh, for that team. It's uh, And, again, I, I acknowledge uh, as much as anyone the the schedule and how weak it is. But I think you got to use your brain a little bit in watching that team play, and you can see how talented it is. And Zach Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's going to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL, and uh, he's got some talent around him. It's not just him. And there are a lot of people in the media who really like BYU for the very same reasons uh, that we're talking about here. They've watched them play, and they've seen enough football to know that this is something – this is something special with this team this year beyond just taking advantage of a of a soft schedule. Hold, hold on. We missed his first answer, but I don't think he was mad about 14. I think he's mad about that duck in Washington crap. Oh, yeah. I think that so. I mean, that's what he was talking about right there. I mean, here, I'll read the quote. Jay just tweeted out. Um, we're not afraid of anybody, said that a couple of times, said uh, uh, BYU was ducking Washington was a false narrative, wouldn't get into reason why it, it fell through. And he said that his team was practicing 
in, in preparation to play possibly Washington uh, this week. So I think that's that's what I think he was fired up at. Well, maybe he was fired up about it because he thinks that had some effect on that rating today. Uh, I, I, and he was later asked about about what BYU needs to do, uh, how good the team is, and and he continued on with uh, breathing fire through that part that uh, his team is really good, and he knows it's really good. And I think most many media members know it's really good. The committee just isn't budging for many of the reasons that you've talked about previously, Jake, some of which are very political. Hmm. All right, we'll 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 get to Coach Sataki's press conference, top 6 o'clock hour. We'll see if it has a different tone, but he's definitely perturbed there talking to ESPN. All right, stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is kind of funny. Uh, Welcome out back. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, new jazz owner and a BYU alum, I believe. Ryan Smith tweeting out, any top 10 football teams want to play a Turkey Bowl? Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Asking for a friend. <laughs> well, uh, maybe you could uh, put up a little something for it. Well, they, I mean, they were trying. You heard Kalani just fired up about being people saying that they're ducking Washington. You said they've been practicing in preparation. I'm, that was as frustrated as I've ever heard Kalani Sitake. Yeah, because he knew they weren't going to play. They no matter even if they practiced, it wasn't going to happen because of the Pac-12 stipulations. Uh, so uh, you wait and see. Uh, they're going to end up Washington end up playing uh, Utah, and if BYU had signed the contract to go ahead and play them, the same thing would have happened. They would have played Utah because of those rules. So. Yeah, Kalani was fired up. He really was. And, Jake, I don't think you've ever been more right than you were before what we were talking about earlier, that uh, these folks don't care, uh, have no motivation to include BYU in their situation. That's why it would have been so interesting to see what they would have done against the original schedule. Then the, the pressure would have been too hard for them to walk away from. But uh, the the G5 influence, they don't want BYU in there. And the P5 influence, they don't want BYU in there. Yep. No, they they don't. And the only reason the G5 is included, and, and let's remember this, because our state was a big part of this. The G5 was included because a bunch of attorneys general across the country, including one Mark Shirtliff, which we had on the air at the time, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting considering how that uh, attorney generalship played its way out, but uh, who was on the air, and they threatened to, to sue college football in a big antitrust lawsuit. So including the G5, remember, was the concession of the powers that be in college football, which is not the NCAA, by the way, uh, to give them kind of a token uh, acceptance into the, like, okay, if we accept one of you, then will you call your attorneys general off, please, and tell them to leave us alone? And remember, that was it. And so BYU itself can't uh, create a, a, an antitrust stir. I mean, they'll just be told, well, you should get into a conference then. So, I mean, you know, we're dealing, we're, we're dealing with universities that, that don't like sharing. 
and they're in a system that's that's kind of lends itself to sharing in a weird way. And they don't like doing it, and they don't like doing it with more mouths than they have to feed. And so they feel like they have to do one with the G5. They don't have to do it with BYU, and they're not going to do it. Sure doesn't look like it. But how do you describe the, or how do you, how do you explain the discrepancy? Maybe you just did explain it. But but what's evident is look at the AP poll, and then look at the college football playoff poll. Well, as it, as it pertains to BYU. I mean, the if you if you want to, I would say that the AP poll is more impartial because right. the the voters don't have literally money and jobs on the line when they're they're making their decision. But that's not the way the system is set up. Right. For all the reasons you already said. And but when you when you have a, a ranking at eight and then you have a ranking at 14, that is dramatic. Well. I mean, the the playoff committee is just going to point at the strength of the schedule. And they're, and they're right. BYU hasn't played anybody. You've brought that up uh, a zillion times over the last uh, – But I, know, I go months. back to the eye test. I mean, you can't just throw the eye test out the window. Sure they can. They can and, do whatever they well, want. Well, they can't. I'm just saying theoretically it shouldn't be done that way. They can say and that, I don't And that's, like- why, that's why the AP poll uh, ranks BYU so high because those guys, those women, whoever is voting, have seen the Cougars play. And they pass the eye test. But these guys on the college football playoff committee, for all the reasons you've articulated, are not interested in that. That's what you never see a discrepancy like or rarely do you see a discrepancy like that. Eight to 14. Are, they, are these people watching the same games? Um well, you're you're operating on under the assumption that uh, their end goal is to get it right. Yeah, that's, I know. That's not, know. Their, that's just not their end the, goal. I'm posing the issue. That's I wouldn't all. be surprised if they're not watching BYU play at all because they don't have to. But I don't know. Maybe that's just cynical me, but it certainly looks that way. All right, we are going to carry Kalani's press conference coming up next, so stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We've got the Kalani Satake press conference just beginning now. Let's go ahead and join it. Yeah, um... Well, I guess, you know, just looking at, uh, you know, at everything, I mean, you guys saw the, the rankings and so, um, you know, glad that we we're in the, in the, in the show and in the mentions and, you know, we, obviously you saw it. So we're hoping to, to prove some things and we have one game guaranteed on the schedule and hopefully we can add one or two. We'd like to add more as much as possible. We've committed to, to doing that. And, and um, I just thought it was important, you know, and Brett and I talking about it to address the media and make sure that we stay connected to you guys. And I uh, f- just want to first uh, let you guys know how much I appreciate all of you in this moment of giving thanks. I want to tell you that I'm thankful for what you do for our, in, in sports and specifically for me and BYU football. So thank you for that. And now you can go on with the questions as difficult as they may be. <laughs> All right, why don't, why don't we go ahead and start with Jared Lloyd, uh, followed by Mitch Harper. 
Well, Kalani, we, we, we should reciprocate as well. We're very grateful for the access, for the thoughts that you provide and, and the chance that we have to get to know you and your boys. So we'll, we'll extend that same uh, give thanks message back at you. But I wanted to ask, I mean, you've been around the program. You're a BYU football fan. How great is it big picture that BYU is back in this conversation this year and in a position where you're the only, you know, you're the first coach that they bring on. I think you were the only coach that they brought on at the playoff, you know, show and, and all of that. And, and that's where BYU's at. Well, I think that uh, it's just a lot to say about our fan base, about Cougar Nation and about our athletic department. And so it's an, it's an honor for me to be in this position and to, to see it happening and, and uh, definitely an honor for me to be involved with these young men and with our, our football team. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that this is happening. I mean, we still have a lot of work. We knew going in, you guys have been around me long enough now that, you know, we were excited about the season, excited about our schedule, excited about the depth that we have in this team. And we were really looking forward to this year. And so the fact that we've had to pivot quite a bit as, as a, as a um, athletic department and a football team and had, had to make a lot of adjustments with our players and with, with the schedules and everything that's going on. And uh, I've just been really proud of our players, just really proud of everybody and, and definitely proud of our leadership in the administration and our, our athletic department. So um, it's really cool. It's a cool moment. Um, you know, I, I think it's uh, good because I, I remember watching the uh, basketball team and, and seeing all the success that we saw from you know our, our, our track and field team and cross country and all that stuff that's happening in volleyball and, and soccer it's it's a it's a good time and it just it's nice to be uh be mentioned with all those sports that are having a lot of success here at BYU Kalani what was the uh, the, the timeline of events with this uh, reported Washington matchup when did it fall through officially and uh, can you just kind of take a step by step as to how this all came about yeah, so we knew, I mean, first of all, if you're looking through our schedule, we look for any time there's a game canceled. And that's our players. That's everybody. That's like, hey, this game got canceled. And so we know that with COVID and sometimes it extends to another week where that game, maybe you look at a future opponent and maybe possibly that game the next week would be canceled. So everyone kind of knew that there was a possibility that Washington State wouldn't be able to play against Washington. And, and uh, you know, Tom and, 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 um, and, and their people were communicating. I think we were hoping to get it done as early as possible. And uh, throughout the, their, their conversations, all I know is that there's a possibility. And when we knew about it, we were really excited. And when we were looking at all the different things that they were talking to and, and um, the offers that were made from both sides and things like that, we decided that hey this this is a possibility so we decided to practice we decided to um to, to go ahead and practice and prep and 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 watch film and get ready and have a game plan in place for washington so we had a really good practice yesterday i mean really good the guys were upbeat so fired up and and guys had to i mean we we, we knew we were going to play this week earlier and so we told them hey maybe there won't be anything but when we told them that there's a game possible possible game we had a lot of people cancel plans and um with the hopes that this would happen and when it didn't we're, our team was very disappointed you know and um, but uh, like I said before, uh, I said earlier in the show, the narrative that, that we were ducking or hiding or waiting for the announcement to happen is clearly not true. It's, the wrong, it's a false narrative. 
And so that's disappointing. We were disappointed that we didn't get to play this game. And for whatever reason, uh, Washington, Pac-12 Conference, and BYU, they weren't able to come to terms and play this game. If it was up to our players, this game would have already been scheduled played as soon as possible. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson and the boys can't make our schedule, but maybe we should allow them to do it once once in a while, you know. But uh, we have a bunch of competitors. I love our boys, and I, I love the swagger that they have and the excitement they have to play the game. And I'm gonna always support them. So we, we, the, the the chance that this game would happen got us all excited, and then when it fell through. Um, we're really disappointed. So I don't know if that explained. I don't know all the details. You probably have to talk to Tom and talk to them. But uh, I don't know where this narrative started that we were hiding or waiting. I just want to crush that right away because we practice. We're ready to play them. You know, we're looking forward to the game and really confident in it. All right, Norma, why don't you go ahead next, followed by Jake Hatch. Hey, Coach, with where you guys found yourself tonight with uh... – in the college football playoff rankings, you guys would be out of a new New Year's Six Bowl. What do you feel needs to happen in order to get in there, and how important would it be for the program to be able to play on New Year's? We can only control what we can control. Uh, hopefully, we've earned enough time. I just like seeing these guys play. You know, hopefully, we can get another game scheduled because of what they've done already. And whatever game that is, whatever bowl, uh, we will appreciate the opportunity to play together again as a team. We would love to play more. I, I love seeing this team play. I, I don't care about what the bowl game is going to be. I don't care about the risks or any of that stuff. I just want to see our guys play. We wanted to get 12 guaranteed opportunities to play a game and hoping for that and then and trying to earn in another one, you know, and hopefully we've earned another one. But uh, we've had nine, ten scheduled. Hopefully that does happen and hopefully we can get more. But um, I'm not really focused on that. Neither is a team. We're, we're not trying to – to vie for one place or another, but we have some work to do if we want to. And, and all I know is that we have a short amount of time and not a lot of games to do it. And so we'll make the, the most of what we got and hopefully things can happen between now and, and you know, the final ranking. Kalani, have you had a chance to speak with your players about the ranking so far tonight? No, no, but a lot of them are texting me. So, I mean, it's, my phone's blowing up ever since. I just, I just love them. So I'm going to fight for them. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I, I want to make sure that everybody that they're represented well. And I, I think, I think that got through in the, in the show. I hope it did. And then just a quick follow-up to that. Is this motivation for you personally to see more games added? And are you going to advocate to Tom to, Hey, find somebody for us to play in the weeks we have open? That's never changed. We've been the same the whole time. We've, we've been wanting to add games the entire time. I, I need to remind everyone again, we were the only ones that were playing football in the West. And when that happened, we reached out to all these conferences that were playing football. And as conferences started to make decisions to go conference only, and we knew that that wasn't a possibility. That's why I said thank you to the Sunbelt Conference, Conference USA, and American Conference for allowing us to play those games. But we've had to pivot and work and maneuver. Houston was supposed to come here, you know, and thankful. Uh, thank, I'm thankful that Tom was able to work it out where we were going to go there. That's great. And then when the Mountain West joined and got back they allowed us to play two of their best teams in San Diego State and Boise State and uh, that's awesome you know so I and, and then uh, Al, uh, North Alabama was ready to wasn't going to stick with our game so uh, really thankful that those guys did that but we were we were in a position where we couldn't control any of that all I know is that we've had, we've had a good we have a good team and we're excited about them and just wanted to have more opportunities to play games and but we've never not wanted to add games that's been our 
I think that's been like our, our chant from the very beginning. <laughs> you know, I don't think people are like, Oh, they don't want to add games. No, that's been our, th- that's our deal. BYU, please add game. That's, that's kind of our deal. The 2020. All right, Jade, uh, why don't you go next? Um, followed by Jared. And then again, for anyone else, if you raise your hand on there, if you have questions, we'll get to you. Yeah, Kalani, what was the message that was sent by the committee tonight to BYU regarding your place in the college football world? I don't know. I don't know all the details. I, and I didn't get to hear much. Uh, what did the, um, I forgot the guy from uh, whoever spoke. I was getting ready to get on the show. Do you remember his name? Arda, the commissioner. Or the, or yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I guess it was him that spoke and mentioned, they mentioned BYU, you know, and, and, but last I checked, I didn't know that the, the, the quarterback for Boise State played defense. So, you know, uh, I, I think if they're going to really look at it, they should probably look at all the different things. And, and, and we know how hard it is to win with your third string quarterback. We did it last year. So, you know, I, I just know that we have a team that's really deep. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I, I'm trying not to get too frustrated. I know Jay wants to see me get mad and all that, but I, I just know we have a team that's really deep. We've been, you guys have seen us. You guys have seen games where you're like, hey, where's this guy? Where's that guy? We've never been full strength, but we don't cry about it either. You know, we just we just go on and play and and we feel really good with our depth. But how many times have we played with missing linemen or missing position here and there and and really haven't skipped a beat as a team? And I think that's a huge compliment to our depth on our team, huge compliment to our coaches and the development of our players. And then huge compliment to the talent that we have here. Thanks, Kwani. Thanks, Jay. You get mad. No, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I'm just like, this is a, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I don't, with the, with the playoff ranking that does, I just, I'm going to, def- I, I just love our boys so much. And, and I, um, I just want to see them um, get the respect they deserve. I, 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 that, that's something that, that I, I'm, um, that drives me. So. All right. Thank you, Coach Jared. And then uh, Mitch. I guess, Kalani, I'm, I'm going to just kind of lead in with or follow up with what you just said. How much do you want to see this team be tested by a really good opponent? I mean, you've played good opponents, don't get me wrong, but play, play. I mean, you were, you were in talks with Alabama back in July trying to get that type of a game. How much do you want to see these boys get a chance against a high-profile, nationally recognized opponent? Yeah, we'd love to see that. I mean, we, we, we were excited to see this team against the original schedule, you know, and, and um, that's why all these guys came here. That's why Zach came here to play against the, that schedule and to play against the teams that we had on our, have on our schedule. And if you look at the um, schedules in the past and the schedules, in the original schedule and the schedules in the future, they're, they're tough. They're not easy. Right. And, and, and so there's, there's this high level of like excitement to play them, but we've never shied away from that. You know, and so, um, you know, ho- hopefully uh, th- there's two sides to a story always. And, and it's not just one side. But I, I, I mentioned it earlier that, that it has it's not having to do anything with fear. Nobody's afraid of anyone. That's what makes college football great. Anyone can beat anyone at any given day. And that's why it's such a wonderful sport. And I believe it's the best sport in, in our country. And Kalani kind of tying into that, I mean, you're, you're a big college football guy. What do you make of just this system, the playoff system for college football? Is it a fair and just system for all that 
uh, that that's giving equity to, to everyone in the landscape? How do you just feel about this playoff system determining a champion this way? I don't, I don't know what to think about it, to be honest with you, because it seems like um, it seems like it should head towards something where you can get more teams involved, <laughs> you know, um, and, and it seems like it's always leaving somebody out, uh, even in, in um, that, that I think deserves to show themselves and be out there. And there's so many so many different variables. I, I said before, I, I it's a hard position for a committee to be in, you know, but um, in a difficult spot. And and when you ever, that's why nobody really complains about March Madness because you have all these teams that are involved, and then you can't you can't really deny what happened. And when the teams are all battling out, and and you have one champion, I think that there's a lot of teams that, that feel like they could be in there, and if if they're given the opportunity, would play their best and, and possibly get get become a champion. But um, it is the system that that we're in right now, and we just have to work with it. But I don't. I think it's it's difficult to narrow things down to four teams. Um, but I think they're doing a, a, as good as a job as they can. And I, and like I don't envy their job. I think it's really hard. But uh, with that being said, it, it's a difficult position for them to be, especially this year, trying to gauge uh, all the different teams that are playing conference only or playing different different schedules, and then trying to figure out who's going to be the best, and then trying to rank them one through twenty five. All right, Jake, go ahead. Yeah, <clears throat> Kalani, what do you feel like when you do get a chance to speak to your players, what will your message to them be? Well, I'm hit, they're hitting me up like crazy, so I'm going to just tell them to just stick with what we're, we've talked about, you know, try to do everything we can to be safe, get better as a team, and get stronger and be in a position where next week, hopefully, we have a game scheduled. Uh, if not, we'll start practicing and be ready for San Diego State. That's our our, our – the concept of staying focused and being being on, on, on living the moment and trying to take advantage of the time that you have right now is really important for our boys. And I, I, they have never lost focus at all, ever. And, and when we went to practice yesterday, you should have seen the, the level of excitement and energy. It was like it was so nice to see. And um, just that's why I can't I just I can't. Can't wait to see them play again, and um, and as many opportunities as we can. If we're up to our boys, we play thirty games this year. And then I've got one more question. There were rumors out there of San Diego State because of their game against Fresno State this week being canceled. There were talks, or I guess people saying that that game may have been moved up. Was there any validity to those rumors? I don't know all the answers on that one, to be honest with you. I think Tom was working through the Washington one more than anything. And then I, I can't speak on, on um, San Diego State. I know they're on our schedule, but, you know, it would have been nice to be able to maneuver schedules around and everything. But I, I honestly, I, I can't answer on that one. Sorry. All right, there you go. Kalani Sitake, uh, his press conference. Gordon, bringing straight fire. My favorite line uh, was, quote, last I checked – the quarterback for Boise State doesn't play defense. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and Zinger. that's exactly what, what you and I said. <laughs> but coming from the head coach, it's kind of refreshing, I, isn't I, it? I love I mean, that. Look, look, I mean, you and I both agree. BYU's schedule has been substandard this year. They put together what they could uh, under very difficult circumstances. But don't be denigrating what BYU did against Boise State. That was just a stupid thing for that guy to say. And uh, Kalani had a pretty good comeback there. 
Well, they're looking for uh, whatever reason they can to exclude BYU. But I, I, you know what I loved right there? I loved uh, Kalani Satake just sticking up for his team. I mean, going to bat for his guys, uh, I think that's great. Uh, also, uh, our friend John on Twitter tweeted this in. He says, Kalani, and by the way, John's got a, uh, a Utah uh, symbol for, a, what do they call that, <laughs> a, a handle or whatever. He says, uh, uh, John tweets in, Kalani just said he's proud to be associated with the volleyball track team, et cetera. Uh, is there any wonder why everybody loves this guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, well, look, uh, he—I thought he represented his position well. He was kind, kinder than maybe what he he had to be to the uh, college football playoff committee. But uh, again, we're talking about politics here, and uh, so maybe he's working that a little bit as well. Again, I just go back and lean on the eye test. I mean, Zach Wilson. And I was slow to the table. And, Jake, you were a little slow to the table, too. We were sitting there saying, okay, i got to see more of this guy before I start saying how good he's been or how good he is. And then we watched him play. And, yeah, the windows might be a little larger against some of these teams. The windows might be uh, – I mean, the uh, you know the pressure might be a little lighter. But he's taken, torn these teams apart, including Boise State. And uh, it, it, he's good. He is really, really good. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think you and I both agree with that, and he's shown what he can do uh, on the field. So Kalani knows that, and I think the voters in the AP poll know that because they've watched him play. And for whatever reason, the people who vote in this uh, committee setting are bent a different way, but they are bent. Gordon, have yourself a fantastic evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You too, and get that uh, get that stomach ready for what's coming up later in the week because it's uh, it's time to eat. Yeah, I've I've already stopped eating, so I can go in with a with a. <laughs> yeah, but if you do that, then your stomach shrinks. Yeah, so you, that's an old wives' tale. Is it really? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I just well, every, you said it. I don't... Everybody always says that that oh your stomach shrinks. I don't know when I don't eat for uh, an entire day. I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All right. See ya. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.